hello and thank God it is finally here. We are at the precipice of history in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Sunday Card Conference Championship Week. Put it on the line, as my great producer, as our great producer Lou Paracone said, for all the marbles this week. I love it. Dan Zampano, Chris Raza, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone on the producer mic. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it. Packers, Bucks, NFC Championship, and the Buffalo Bills have a shot at the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Storylines abound, ladies and gentlemen. But first, let's hear from our esteemed host. Chris Raza, how are we doing today? I, I'm the esteemed host? Wow. One of them. <laughs> One, One of them. them. You know, I'm doing well. Uh, another another year, another year of the Raiders not being in an AFC championship game, as I'm used to for the last 20 years. Um, but you said, there's a lot of fun storylines. you got kind of the elder statesman quarterbacks going at it in the NFC with Brady and Rodgers. Uh, and then hopefully we get to see, you know, kind of these young guns of Josh Allen uh, and Patrick Mahomes uh, going at it in the AFC side of things. Hopefully Mahomes is still able to play uh, after that the concussion he, he suffered. But I'm excited. Uh, this is my favorite week. Divisional weekends, one, to get all the games. But this is like, all right, this is your, you should get, these games should be like separated by three points. Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth is here with us as well. And listen, I mean, like I said, as good as it gets. And last week, I mean, is probably my favorite weekend of the year. That was a great week of football as well. The games were close last weekend, but this weekend we have the cream has risen to the top, and we have four out of the five top-rated quarterbacks in the league playing on Championship Sunday. So I'm ready for a lot of offense, and I'm ready for a lot of points, which didn't necessarily happen last weekend. I love it. I love it. No, it did not. Uh, and and a, a couple of unders. One and uh, three. One underneath, especially sorry, in the, one three on the unders. Yep, the AFC especially. Uh, not providing too many points this past week. Uh, just some thoughts and takeaways from last week real quick from you, Maddie. All of the games ended. The result was what I thought it was going to be. Mm. But how we got there was nothing like I thought it was going to be. They, they were all like, the teams that advanced make sense, but those games were, you know, a lot of a lot of game flow and stuff that I wasn't expecting through all of the games. Honestly, like there was just there was a lot of uh, variables in, in these games last weekend, and the one that maybe went the most like I would think was was the Bucks and and the Saints. Really? But I mean, you know, the, the kind of the, the the rock fight between Baltimore and Buffalo, um, the Rams decision making and, and, and stuff did not, you know, their defense absolutely not showing up. Um, and then Kansas City, obviously, with Mahomes going out, nobody I mean, didn't see that coming, and seeing it come down basically the last play if the if, if the Browns can can advance to the AFC Championship game. No, yeah, I agree with you. Um, with the kind of paths, the way the divisional round went, I I thought the Packers Rams game was actually kind of similar to how I thought it would go. I thought the Rams would have at least a chance to get within that number and uh, the six and a half number, and they didn't. And but I, again, it was the ability of Rodgers in the fourth quarter to just throw a dagger through the heart and 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 get it done and throw that deep ball to Lazard kind of ended things. But you're right, the paths that these games took, the Chiefs-Browns game, I thought the Chiefs – I didn't think the Chiefs won that game. I thought the, the Browns lost it. I really do. I, I thought that getting that fumble at the goal line and it going through the end zone with the touchback, that sucked for the Browns. The pick, to have Mahomes leave that game and they still come out on top was insane. Um, I thought the other game, nobody saw 17-3 in that Bills-Ravens game. Uh, the, the Ravens getting no points on offense. I mean, that's insane. Tucker missing two field goals. Very weird. And then the Saints-Bucks game, again, another game where I thought the Saints lost it and the Bucks didn't win it. It was it came down to the Saints turning the ball over, hurt them the most. And, and that was just a – it was an uncanny way for a lot of teams to lose on Sunday and Saturday. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I think like I said, it seems like it was a lot more teams losing the game versus another team really coming out on top and winning the game. Uh, the Chiefs-Bills game was such a weird, weird, or Chiefs-Browns, excuse me, was such a weird game. Because I thought when I, I was I was listening to the game on the radio as I was, I was out working, and um, it really seemed like the Chiefs were going to almost kind of pull away there. 
Uh, and then they, the Browns were able to keep it close, but then it's like right when that the, the touchback fumble thing happened, it's like to be able to come back from that, no matter what happens in the second half, is going to be such a tall task. And it, it seemed like it really sucked a lot of the air out of the Browns. Uh, and then, But then even again, when Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, I'm like, all right, Browns actually have a shot here, but then they just weren't able to capitalize. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb had a great game, but I'm still questioning the punting with the four minutes left. Uh, you know, we've seen that a few times this year where, where teams have kind of punted with not a lot of time left on the clock. Um, and I understand, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure, was playing, they wouldn't have punted in that situation. But, you know, this is for like, you know, this is for all the marbles. It's winner go home. And I thought the Browns really should have gone for it. It was an entertaining game, and uh, I was pretty happy overall. But Saints-Bucks was not that entertaining to me. Uh, but I thought overall it was a solid uh, divisional weekend. I, I, th- you go back to that Browns game really quick. I, I agree with you completely. I saw Stefanski made some decisions in that game that really cost them. He's a great coach. I think he's going to just learn from this. I, I think that there were just some spots that he challenged a couple plays that didn't need to be challenged. Um, the punting thing, I, it was just – it wasn't the best day for Kevin Stefanski on, on, uh, on Sunday. Not going for too early. We were, we were both adamant about, about that. Yep, that, yeah, I remember we were on the Zoom about that and say, like, why is he not going for two? Absolutely. Um, let, we're going to get into this week's games, but before we do, I next week we don't have any games, so we're going to do a whole list of questions about the offseason and, and, and a bunch of different things. But let's start with that preview of that a little bit here. I want to know from you guys, the head coaching hires that got hired this week. So there's only one spot left open right now, and it's the Houston Texans job, oddly enough. And I'm not sure anybody's going to want that job. But all the other all the other coaching hires right now, and I'll go through them really quick for you. And you tell me if you like them or not, because these are uh, some people have different opinions on on who's getting hired. The big one is obviously the Jets with Robert Salah coming in from the 49ers. Uh, Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that drew a lot of eyebrows. Arthur Smith hired with the Atlanta Falcons. Brandon Staley going across the street from the Rams to the Chargers now. Dan Campbell, the certified lunatic, going to the Lions. And a surprise yesterday, Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator for the, for the Colts, going to Philadelphia. So, Matt, I'm going to start with you. What do you like? What do you not like? Um, I like the, the hiring of the experienced coaches. and I dislike a lot of the hiring of the extremely inexperienced coaches. Um, I, again, the more we've talked about uh, Robert Salah, and I've, I've been reading about it, uh, he is he's right and I, I think you know talking to Lou even about just Jets fans and what the cult, the culture that the change that they need in New York and, and just to have a, you know a strong guy that can stand in front of the media and, and just talk to the media and calm everybody down and give the team confidence I think that's what they they desperately need um I think Arthur Smith in Atlanta I think he's gonna be able to do great things whether it's with the current regime of offense or whether they, you know, they move on, they still got young pieces like Calvin Ridley can build a, a speed offense um, around that team. They just got to get it, get things going. And then urban Meyer, it's kind of like, he's just kind of like a pinch hitter. That's going to get you a single. Like, I don't know. Like he's just like, he's, he's like right there. I, I know he's, I, yes. Okay. Yes. Big name urban Meyer, but like, I don't know. Like, is he going to be that big of a difference maker? Has he, he doesn't have like the NFL. He's the recruiting, he, his experience, his, his best uh, he's best suited in college with the recruiting and being able to work with young. I don't, I just don't love the fit um, with, you know, a, a once in a generation quarterback getting drafted. Um, and then again, I think, I think Sirianni and Philly uh, from everything I'm reading about that from Philly fans, I, you know, that feels like Howie, Howie Roseman just, just wanting to pull strings again and just be basically be in charge of the whole team. Um, and, and Staley, the chargers, I don't, why go defensive when you have Justin Herbert and, the enemy, Dable, Roman, all not hired. All these amazing offensive coordinator minds that could have been hired. McDaniels, even though he's not leaving New England. But to go defense, I just I that question I, I question that one so much. Huh. That's that's fascinating. Uh, I'm assuming Dan Campbell. Oh, <laughs> Dan Campbell, sorry, elite hire. Dan Ham- Dan Campbell, best fit for Detroit that you could ever find. He's gonna bite your kneecap they're gonna bite each other's kneecaps out or something he's a lunatic he's i he's my favorite hire because i can't wait to watch every one Absolutely. of his press conferences they go from matt patricia to this that, guy. that guy and the fact that he put on his placard on his office dan campbell lions head coach 
the dude. That's I, he he literally is the dude. <laughs> Mike Lebowski. He's like that. Lou made a great comparison. What what's the guy's name? PC Principal from South Park. That's who he is. I mean, that's I thought that was that's fantastic from from our producer. Uh, Chris, what'd you like? What you didn't like? Yeah, I, I kind of split this up into you know two guys. I like the hiring two guys. I have no idea what to expect, and the two guys I, I don't like from a strictly football standpoint. Arthur or Arthur Sala, Robert Sala, I think was the perfect hire for for the New York Jets. The Jets finally made a good decision. How about that? Uh, and again, Arthur Smith, I think with the Falcons, um, especially if they keep that core of Ryan and Jones together with an offensive minded coach, get a couple last few good years out of them, could be really solid. When it comes to Urban Meyer, I don't know what. What I don't know what to expect. You know, I, I never trust in general college coaches making the leap. Uh, and a reminder also just been out of the game for a few years anyway. Uh, you know, as as a, as a, a TV analyst, so I don't I don't know what to expect from him. I think it's just gonna it's gonna it's a big splash that's not gonna result in much. Uh, and Brandon Staley, you know, this guy was coaching D three back in twenty sixteen. Uh, so I he's another guy. What's I don't know what to expect. He's risen through the ranks really quick. The Rams had a great defense last year, but even Matt alluded to the fact that. Why not go offensive-minded? You've got this young, hotshot rookie quarterback now going to his second year. Um, and the fact that six of these teams did not even wait for Biennemi to be done to interview him, it, or Dable with uh, the the Bills, is, is crazy. Like, you guys don't have to, didn't have to rush this right now. You could have waited a few weeks just to at least interview these guys. Um, and again, with Sirianni and Campbell, I'm like, I you know, Sirianni has no experience. He wasn't even the main play caller in Indianapolis. Uh, and I think I think it's just Roseman trying to pull magic with Frank. You know, it's a Frank Reich disciple. Let's let's grab him and bring him here. Uh, and then Dan Campbell's just an absolute wild card. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be the Lions coach, but it's going to be a hell of a time, no matter how long it is. I think we can all agree that Dan Campbell is the best hired. So the best <laughs> solely on his press conference. He may last three years at most, but it's going to be a, a rocking three years. That's for darn sure. We will get a lot of Dan Campbell miles on this podcast. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely, that guy's just gonna. He's going to be doing what Rabel was doing, doing push-ups with his shirt off right before the game, like just fired up. I love that guy. Um, to me, listen. The best hire to me, if you want a culture changer, I don't see how you get a better one than Urban Meyer. I just, I, I think that Urban Meyer's the best hire of this whole group. And I know that the jump from college is is a difficult one, and people are going to compare him to Nick Saban. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I just, I, I, I think that Urban in himself, first off, the situation in Jacksonville is this: they don't have any veterans. They're all young guys, all of them. I mean, the, most of the guys that are on the team. He's getting Trevor Lawrence, and and this is how big that Jets win over the over the Rams is. If Trevor Lawrence is not coming to Jacksonville, Urban Meyer is not going to Jacksonville. There's no way in my mind. I, I think that that is a, easily the biggest win in Jets history for the Jaguars. And I'll tell you, and, and and because Trevor Lawrence doesn't come, Trevor Lawrence does not come to Jacksonville. Urban Meyer is not the head coach there. I guarantee you that. So. To me, I think Urban Meyer will have the control. They hired Trent Balky as the GM, who was already in the building. Um, so I think they'll have the control of be able to set the culture, set the tone, and build the team the way he wants it. And anywhere Urban Meyer has gone, he's he's done that and he's done well. So I, I think Urban Meyer will be fine. Um, Salah is interesting. Salah is a is a, is a he is a great energy, high energy guy. I hope that he relies on Joe Douglas to build that team. I think it's going to be a collaborative effort between that team. He knows the X's and O's. He, he understands defense. I think they need a collaborative effort to build that team. So Salah is going to provide the energy for it. Uh, I think he'll improve them. I don't know if he can get them to Rex Ryan conference championship level. Uh, with the other guys, Arthur Smith, I agree. I think Arthur Smith is a great hire, brilliant mind. It's going to be tough for Tennessee to replace a guy like that. They're replacing another offensive coordinator. Uh, Brandon Staley is, yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, Brandon Staley to me, he's been the defensive coordinator for what, a year, two years? I, I, I think it's just a year. I mean, and, and to me, like, again, going from D3 to the NFL and quickly already doing that, like there's more to coaching than just X's and O's. It's building a team, building an organization, setting staffs, doing the cap thing, personnel, like going to drafts, all those things. I'm not sure Brandon Staley has the qualifications to be able to make those decisions and make them in the right way for, for the Chargers. 
I think it's more of a money play. I really do. I think that's a money thing with the Chargers where they lost Gus Bradley to the Raiders. So now they're just going to replace Gus Bradley with a defensive-minded head coach and keep the offensive staff on. Um, uh, strange. Strange. I don't know if the Chargers actually are worse. I think they actually probably are better. Anybody than Anthony Lynn is better than him. But long term, I don't know how that fits. Dan Campbell is a wild card, like we said. Um, Sirianni. I think Sirianni might might actually be the answer for the Eagles. I really do. I, I think that with him coming over and Reich, uh, Reich blessing, giving the blessing to Jeffrey Lurie about this guy, uh, if, if you want to fix Wentz, Reich was the guy to do it. And, and Sirianni was the guy that just learned under Frank Reich for the last three years, learned that offense. Uh, every All indications are that he's the hardest working guy in the building. So uh, I'll give Sirianni a chance. I didn't give Matt LaFleur a chance, and look what he's done. So I, I will give Sirianni the benefit of the doubt. I'll give him the chance. He was under Todd Haley with the Chiefs and Mike McCoy with the Chargers. He's been in the NFL for a long time, not as a coordinator, but he's been a coordinator for the last three years. I, I, I'll give Nick Sirianni a chance. I, I think that he might do good things and fix that quarterback situation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the conference championship games. That's what we're here for, right? To make picks, ladies and gentlemen, to make the picks. Let's start with the NFC, the one that everybody wants to see, the one 3 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, live from Lambeau Field, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brady versus Rodgers, an all-time matchup. The gods meet the Titans are going to be throwing thunderbolts and all that good stuff all around the league. Uh, the way I want to break this down is I kind of want to break it down into offense versus defense. So to me, this game is a classic game of win the game in the trenches. That's where the game is won. I really think that that's what this game comes down to. And, let's, and, and to start with the Packers offense against the Bucks defense, and this is where I want to go with you. Uh, just a couple of stats to get you going. The Buccaneers, with the rush defense, are ranked number one in the NFL. The Packers are the 13th-ranked rush defense in football. Um, Packers, again, ran for just 91 yards against the Buccaneers, uh, who rushed for 158 against the Packers the last time these two teams played. And we remember that game. The Bucs killed them 38-10 to down in Tampa. Uh, Green Bay runs out of all kind of personnel things. They run out of 11, 12, 21. They run a ton out of the shotgun. They love to run the football out of the shotgun. And this is what makes the offense go for Green Bay. They run the ball to set up play action. That's the whole kit and caboodle of the Matt LaFleur offense. Now, they were the best team in football out of the 11 personnel. They had a success rate of 54%, uh, according to Sports Info Solutions. The Bucks, however, outstanding, were second best in defensive success rate against the 11 personnel. They were number two in that league, 37% success rate. And so that is really where this game lies. Against the Rams, the Packers, 132 yards on 20 carries, six and a half yards a carry. They were dominant. And the one thing that the Bucks did last time is that the Bucks decided we are not going to allow Green Bay to run the football. We are going to force Aaron Rodgers on these option plays, the RPO plays, these plays that have a ton of different wrinkles to them, to be able to throw it in quick, tight situations. We are not going to allow them to set up the run. That's what they did the last time. And you know what they also did? They did a ton. They blitzed Rodgers like crazy. They blitzed him season high, 31% of the pass plays against the Packers the last time out. The Buccaneers blitzed Aaron Rodgers. This is what they do. In the first three quarters before that game was decided, Bulls blitz Rodgers on 50% of the total snaps. Of those In those snaps, these are Rodgers' numbers on the blitz against the Buccaneers. 5 of 16, 48 yards, 2 interceptions, 2 sacks. The blitz worked. The blitz came down and it freaking worked. Uh, as far as the Bucs, they, they're very good against this. They're very good when blitzing, 0.2 expected points average or added per play when blitzing. That is one of the best marks in the league against Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is much better against just four-man rushes. The question is, again, how aggressive is Todd Bowles going to be in coverage? They played a ton of zone in this game. 
First three quarters of that game against the zone, Rodgers was 10 of 24, 93 yards, two sacks when the, when the Bucks were in zone. And again, they're much better in zone. They're fourth in EPA per play in the zone on defense this year. They're 11th in man. This all comes down to this. Is the Packers offensive line going to be able to handle the Tampa Bay rush? That's what it comes down to to me. Matty Ice, what do you see in this game? You keyed in on it. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's exactly what happened. I mean, Rodgers was sacked, sacked four times in that Week Six matchup by far, and he had two picks that game. Both he didn't have any of that. You know, the rest of his games. Um, but since since that Week Six matchup, um, Rodgers has only been sacked one time as far as against the blitz. You know, he, he's been sacked other times against a four a traditional four three man rush, but only one time against the blitz. And in all other sixteen games um, that Rodgers has played, include you know prior to and including the playoffs so far. Rodgers is, is pass percentage is 67% against the Blitz. So he's been, you know, that game was very much an outlier as far as what Todd Bowles did to dis- disguise those Blitzes. Um, and I, I just, I don't think that it's going to have the same impact later in the season with more cohesiveness amongst this this offense total and just offensive line more, more you know, specifically. I, obviously, Bakhtiari is out, which they had that game, but I still think that they're, um, as far as just knowing their assignments and knowing their coverage that to be better. I was reading uh, Jeff Schwartz, former offensive lineman on, on the ringer. And he said the same, you know, he said that game so long ago and the offensive line is just totally different now that you can almost throw that game out. And especially when you've kind of, if Bowles has already brought these disguised blitzes, these packages at Rogers, he's going to be more prepared. Now he's one of the best cerebral quarterbacks. You know, he's going to have a little bit more of what to key in on. Obviously Bowles can, Bowles is, is, is a genius in himself as far as the defensive side of the ball and, and can have some more disguised packages, but I actually don't think that they blitz as much this game because I don't think that they'll have as much success. Um, they might, they might early, but I have a feeling this might be like second half. They might be backing off a little bit, or they'll do what we've seen like some other strategies out of like the Ravens last week against the Bills, where they don't, you know, when they, a team that normally blitzes the first half will not blitz a lot to then confuse them early and then go back to what they were no, normally doing in the second half. So it is going to be interesting to see the timing of those blitzes. Are they going to bring it all game long? Are they going to Go early, see if it works, and then pull back. Are they going to wait till later in the game? Try and hopefully not fall behind on Rodgers early. Um, but I agree. I think that is the biggest component of this game is 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 the Green Bay offensive line able to dominate the way that they were against the number one rush defense in the league last year. As much as the the, the Buccaneers didn't let them run Week Six, they ran all over the number one rushing defense in the league last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that. Um, the Bucks have better linebackers, Bush and, and and some of those guys back there. They those guys are a little bit better as far as you know in that uh, category. And, and most of the strength for the Rams was the defensive line. Donald not playing, you know, more than half, barely half the snaps. So um, I, I absolutely think that's what you have to key in on here. I, I just I think that Rodgers is going to be able to diagnose these blitzes a lot better than Week Six. I hope so because they talked a lot about the timing in that game and the play clock and them not having enough time to adjust to to what the Bucks were doing and. Uh, the disguising of the blitz was a big, big factor. Chris, for the Packers on offense, uh, do they have enough here in the tank to be able to uh, to be able to stifle that that Bucks blitz? And and maybe, you know, I, again, like I I think that the whole thing comes down to is a disguising of the blitz and and playing that zone defense. Rodgers has been typically good, but this is the one team that killed him. Yeah, you know, it, it was like you said when when. The Bucks played them. It wasn't like a contest after the Packers put up those first ten points. Um, but I think what is really going to help Rodgers and 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 company there in Green Bay is they've had so much film now. They have that entire game film to look at from when they played, and they have countless games of film from the Bucks past then to look at and kind of see and try and figure things out. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is the type of guy that's going to get fooled twice. You can fool him once. But you're not going to be able to fool him twice in these situations when he's had a whole game against you and, like I said, a lot more film after that to take a look at. And with how they played last week against really an excellent Rams defense, obviously Matt alluded to Aaron Donald, uh, was really not at full strength, obviously, and the Bucks do have a better linebacking core. But I can't, I just can't see Rodgers and that offense getting stifled by the same team two times in a row uh, with, with the information they could take from that game and learn from that game. Um, it's going to be tough to get the running game going still, I think, with, with, with what the Bucks are able to do against the running game. But even Joe alluded to in, in the top segment is they also just use Aaron Jones a lot in, in the passing game as well. So I think that's where the Bucks are going to have to worry about Aaron Jones more versus just straight up running the ball. Um, but I think 
Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers are going to be able to do enough to kind of keep this, obviously, a competitive game and not get blown out and dominated by that Bucks defense. Let's go to the offense for the Bucks then and, and talk about what the Packers need to do to slow that down. I think it's no secret what the, what the, what the Bucks want to do. The Bucks want to throw the ball on first down. I mean, that, that's what they want to do. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't do it on Sunday against the Saints. I thought Dennis Allen had a fantastic plan. Uh, for for what they did, the Bucks didn't do anything on offense that really hurt the Saints badly. It was more the Saints turning the ball over that cost them that game. If you look at exactly what Dennis Allen did, he decided I'm going to commit a bunch of defensive backs in the middle of the field, and we're not giving up big plays. That's what we're going to do, and I think that's what Mike Pettin is probably going to take up and look at that tape and see like there really isn't a, a, a huge you know, aha thing with this team. I don't care about giving up rushing yards. We're not going to give up the big play, especially if Antonio Brown can't play. That's going to put that's going to put the the Bucks in a world of hurt. Allen's approach last week, he used a lot of two deep safety looks, light boxes. He wanted them to run, even with the numbers disadvantages for the Saints. They decided, hey, if you want to run the ball on us, and we got a seven man front, and and you put in an extra tight end, an extra blocker, go for it. We're not giving you big plays. And, and if you look at it on paper, Brady has a has an advantage over the Green Bay team. Tampa fifth in the fifth in the league in passing DVOA. Packers defense ranked fifteenth in DVOA against the pass. There is a slight advantage. Green Bay going to play a lot of zone. They love cover three. They love cover four. They love all those different combinations. Um, getting in thirds and getting in in, in, in quarters coverage. They are much better, the Bucks against man defense. They are third offensively, expected points added, which is an efficiency marking, against man defense. They are 18th against the zone. So I think the zone will work better uh, for Patton and this defense. And the key to the game, to me, especially if Antonio Brown doesn't play, Chris Godwin, he has to be big out of the slot. No more drop passes. Cannot have it. Cannot have it for them. Up front, Packers not really going to blitz. They don't blitz a ton. They're going to rely on that front four. The Bucks have to be patient, and they have to be patient. They have to let Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones do work in this game if they want to win it. Um, that's the key to me. Uh, Chris, keys to the Bucks offense versus the Packers. Yeah, I think yeah. if you're the Bucks offense, you need the, you're going to need that running game because they're going to if AB isn't playing, they're probably going to have Jair Alexander locking down on Mike Evans, and it's going to come down a lot to Chris Godwin and we really haven't seen Godwin been able to kind of expand on the year he had last year. He, he's really kind of come down back to earth and he, he's had that drop ball issues. So I think if you're the Bucks and you're able to actually run the ball and get things going with Fernet with Ronald Jones, it'll hopefully open things up for guys like Evans. If you can get that one-on-one matchup or Godwin uh, and, you know, and I think, you know, when you look at, it, I think Gronkowski, as old as he's become, can be that bit of an X factor. You know, when, when we get down, especially into the red zone, he's just that really big body that you can have over the middle uh, for Tom Brady to look for. You know, it's obviously kind of a comfort, a safety blanket for Tom Brady. So I think if, if they can get any sort of running game going, that's going to be key. If the Packers stifle the run and they can just drop, you know, drop eight and just kind of let let their secondary take care of business and stop the run with their front four, um, I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to control control this Bucks offense and keep things in front of them. Yeah, I, I think what the biggest target um, that that Green Bay is going to be taking is 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 if there's one weakness on the on the Tampa Bay offensive line, their starting right guard Alex Kappa is out. Um, undrafted rookie Eric Stinney Stinney, not yes. really sure, um, made his first start last week uh, in that playoff game last week. So, um, and we saw we saw the Smiths, we saw Zanarius. Um, and and, and uh, Gary and Clark were getting a lot of pressure um, last week against Goff, who you know obviously is is not good uh, against the pressure, and that was huge uh, for them. And um, what you guys are saying about the middle of the field, I mean, last week we saw it with Robert Woods. Robert Woods was working over the middle of the field regularly last week, and so I think um, you know Godwin absolutely has to be big, um, and, and the tight ends are going to have to come up for them as well, as well as hopefully you know. Leonard Fournette's turned into a little bit of a pass-catching back of these past few weeks. I think people have kind of, you know, said, oh, uh, Brady, you know, he, he doesn't have the pass-catching backs, but he's kind of just, I think they've been working on it, and it's, you know, we're at the end of the season now, and uh, Ronald Jones looked great when he was playing last week. Obviously, he couldn't play the full the full go with the quad injury, but, um, 
you know, Leonard Fournette has actually not been too bad catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, and again, it just Antonio Brown. There's also the, the notion that possibly, um, you know, is Jair Alexander doesn't normally shadow because again, like I said, they, they do play more zone. Um, and in, in those situations, if Antonio Brown isn't hundred percent, do they maybe line him up over on Alexander side of the field a little bit more as a decoy and just take, you know, AB is not going to be as effective in the, in the middle of the field. If he's not, if he's hobbled with the knee, um, kind of maybe make Jair pay a little more attention to him and get Mike Evans open in some other ways. Um, and this one to, to work alongside with, with Godwin and guys like Scotty Miller. I think Scotty Miller could have uh, a really big part of this game, honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. Listen, I, I, it comes down to patience and these two quarterbacks are patient, but, but the bucks I think are a little less patient in the fact that I, they really, they want to go down the field. Like that's their game. Matt, you brought up a great stat last week about how, when they started finally passing on first down, they started doing it with 66% of the time, and their offense became so much more efficient uh, with that threat. You know, I mean, it was a fascinating stat. I think that they, I think they have to do that this game. I think that you just have to know we're going to try and slow down the Packers' offense. No, I don't think anybody's slowing down the Packers offense right now. They just torched the number one defense last week. They, it wasn't even, you know, they worked Adams away from Ramsey and they were, you know, they're able to do, able to do these things. They're going to be able to, to get him open whenever they want. And just, you know, their, their game planning right now is so good. Um, so I think that they, they just have to know that we got to come out scoring to keep up with these guys. We're not going to hold them down, especially not going and playing in Lampa with some weather. We didn't talk about the weather in this game. Good possibilities of a snowver because we've got um, not snow necessarily at game time at kick, but we do have about 27 degrees and a very, very high chance of snow earlier in the day. So that that field might be slick, you know, still going to be a little messy, a little muddy. Um, and that might, you know, that causes problems for the defense. They're not able to cut and turn and keep up with those with those defenders as much. Not only with I love the term snowver. I love that because I think that um, not only with that, but the snow is not going to be as plentiful. The wind is not going to be that bad. It's only going to be five to 10 miles an hour. Like we say all the time, these cold weather games tend to go over. That's just what it is. I, I, this feels like a perfect situation, as you said, because it's not going to be snowing at game time. So you don't have necessarily the ball might not be so slick as long, you know, it's going to be getting wet, but the, but the turf's going to be up there. The, the grass can be a mess. So that calls for tons of slipping on the defense. Well, why don't we make a pick then? And let's let's go right to the NFC Championship game. The, the line is three and a half. The Packers are three and a half point favorites, according to the Action Network. They are the over under is fifty one and a half, gentlemen. So you can choose from that as well. Start with Chris Raza. Chris Raza, who is going to the Super Bowl? Or how many points are getting scored in this game? Uh, I'm taking the over one over fifty one and a half. Part of that is because I just want to be able to sit back. I just want to watch this game. I don't want to root for either team. I just want to sit back and enjoy and see a lot of points scored. But also, we've talked about these two offenses have been absolutely unstoppable. Uh, really, since that Bucks game, the Aaron Rodgers has been invincible. Uh, and Tom Brady uh, has thrown at least two touchdowns in nine straight games. Uh, so he's really kind of come alive as well. Uh, the over right now is 13-6 and six in uh, Aaron Rodgers' postseason starts, including the last six straight postseason games also we've talked about these cold weather overs last seven playoff games since 2017 the under 30 degrees have all gone over the total um i think again this game's going to turn into a shootout i think that's what everyone wants to see and i think that's what's going to happen while i like both of these defenses especially the bucks i just don't think either of them have enough to hold down these two quarterbacks and the, the offenses and, and, and i just think it's going to go over that number and it's what i'm hoping for it's what i want to watch and i think it's going to happen Matty C. Yeah, so I, I am sitting here with uh, – I, I did at the beginning of the playoffs, I, I do have a Green Bay future Super Bowl ticket, uh, plus 435 on them to win the Super Bowl. So I, I have confidence that they're going to win this game. I just don't think – I know I heard a lot of people saying, um, again, the narrative of this game, obviously, with the two quarterbacks, Rodgers and Brady. Um, for me, I just think the narrative – you know, Rodgers has lost his last three NFC Championship games. This is Rodgers' first home NFC championship game that like take a second to breathe that in and a year where there hasn't been fans in there uh, in the stadium. And now that obviously there's more fans now coming into playoff times and he's finally getting his first game with home fans in Lambeau. And I just, it, we've seen it before super teams, these teams that just make these drastic changes, these Tom Brady, it doesn't happen in one year. It just, in my mind, it doesn't happen in one year. Everybody I know, but, it, but it's Brady, but it's Brady 14th, 
conference championship game. I understand, but I just think it's Rogers time. Um, so I, I like Rogers to win. I'm not going to be hedging on my bet at all. I'm going to let it ride here and hoping that they advance, but I will also take the over. Cause again, I just don't see as far as the show pick, I, you know, the three and a half, those scare me a little bit. That's a very close, like it could be the, you know, uh, the Packers win and, and Tampa covers. I really feel like with that number. So I'm going to take the over 51 and a half because I think that what got these two teams here is their offense. Yes. The Bucks defense has played well, but really, I mean, it, it's the offense for these two teams. Let's make it a trifecta. I'm taking the over as well. I think, and and, and other reasons. Lou's going to hit the under right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Another reason for the over. If you look at past NFC Championship games, and you know I don't love doing this, but it just begs to the question here. Um, the only there have only been five NFC Championship games that have closed at 50 points or higher. The over is four and one in those championship games. In the last uh, six NFC Championship games, the over is five and one. In the last eight championship games for the nfc the over is six and two uh, it just seems to me like the points are getting scored and one of those by the way is a 60 burger with the falcons and the packers go figure on that one that went over um I, I just think that these games these again i think it comes down to winning the offensive line and winning in the trenches both of these offensive lines are so good so good uh bucks have been beautiful and the offensive line and, and the Packers. I mean, nobody else has been has been better. So I, I think they protect their quarterbacks. Power quarterbacks move the ball down the field. I'm right there with you. Over 51 and a half. But I do lean Green Bay minus three and a half a little bit. I, I because I don't think that Green Bay will will win this game if it's close. I think if the, the game is close, I think Brady in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, I am dead scared if I'm Green Bay. But I think Green Bay. If they're going to win this game, I think they win comfortably by seven to ten points. I, I I do think so, and I think look, we picked Green Bay to win the Super to go to the Super Bowl before the playoffs started. Me and Matt did at least, and I think Chris did as well, um, if I remember. Uh, so I, I think Green Bay will win the game, and I think they'll win. Comfortably. I picked the Seahawks. Seahawks, we, that's right. And we did not. We, 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 you are giving us too much credit, my friend. Before the playoffs, we had a very, we had a very bad NFC team in the, in the playoffs. Before the season, before the season. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Season, before, I had, uh, season I had, we were a little off on that one. I, season the, I had the Saints. Yeah, that that was that was. I agree. Before the season, we did have the Dallas Cowboys, and we will be tarred and feathered forever for it. But before the playoffs, we had the we picked the Packers, and, and did we not? So, um, I, I just think Green Bay wins this game but for the show purposes i'll take the over 51 and a half uh let's move to the next game bills and the and and i i'm not sure which one of these games is better i really I, it, you could pick either one if i had to watch if you put a gun to my head i don't know if i could choose which which game i'd want to watch but it, these are both really really good games uh for kansas city let's start uh on the side of the ball that has kansas city with the football so this is kind of the matchup that everybody is looking forward to. McDermott is um, the defensive guy, the defensive guru. Reed is the offensive guru with the enemy. So let's start there. Week six, what did we see in this game? Remember that was that weird Tuesday or Monday night matinee game or whatever it was in the rain in Buffalo um, back in week six. And you think passing, passing, passing. Like that's what you think in this game. But in the last game, Kansas City – had 161 yards on the ground with 26 carries for one guy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't think is going to be playing in this game. I, I, it doesn't appear that way. He hasn't, he's been out for a while. Against the six-man box, Edwards-Hilaire had 142 yards, seven and a half carries, seven and a half yards per carry. He dominated. But, again, is he going to play in this game, A, and B, the Bills were without a key linebacker in that game, Matt Milano. Not only is he a great run stopper, but he's a great pass defender as well, Matt Milano. He's their best pass defending um, linebacker. In weighted DVOA, the defense for the Bills, eighth in the league. They've been playing their best defense late in the season. They focused on taking the big play away. They ran two deep coverage, 19 of the 34 pass plays that Mahomes had in that game. They played just four of those plays out of man coverage. Four of the 34 pass plays were in man coverage. Not You're not going to see a lot of man coverage in this game, I don't think. Against single high coverages, Mahomes was dominant. He was the league's best in terms of expected points added per play. But against two deep looks, he wasn't as good. The Bills run cover four a ton. Um, 
like we said, that's a big thing, a uh, hallmark of what the Packers do. The Bills run the same exact thing, and they did not blitz Mahomes in that last game. They only blitzed Mahomes on the 34 pass plays that Mahomes had. They blitzed Mahomes one time, and that's a strategy that is much better than blitz than than than, uh, than blitzing at all. Because you know what, I think that Mahomes has been the best guy in the league against the blitz. Nobody's better against the blitz than Patrick Mahomes. He kills you. So, Matty Ice, Bills defense versus Chiefs offense, keys factors. So, yeah, the, the key there, like you said, I know that, again, Mahomes traditionally obviously torches the blitz. But one, I, I, you know, obviously, so we've got the concussion. We're lingering with that. Like, you know, he's got it. He's got it. He, we're still at this point. He hasn't cleared concussion protocol. But again, I believe that everybody is leaning towards he is playing. He's, he's not a, missing this game. Like He's not missing this game. I don't even think he had a concussion, to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure he did. I think that he got roped around the neck, had, a, had lost blood flow maybe in his neck, something along those lines. He looked completely fine. I think this is a whole sham, and I think that they're just playing it up so that they can have some doubt in it. But regardless, I'm sorry. But I have more of a worry, maybe a little bit about the turf toe issue, because he was, before he got knocked out, he was hobbling around, and you could tell he wasn't able to. There was a couple third downs where he very easily would have normally done his little freaking penguin waddle for the first down that I can't stand. Um, that he just, you know, every time, every time he gets exactly what you need out of him. Um I don't think he's going to be able to do that as much in this game. And again, missing missing the um, the running backs as well is going to be huge. Um, I just think that Buffalo is going to try and just keep everything underneath um, in this game. And they're also, you know, I, I just think they're both going to play the same kind of style of defense. Honestly, is just keep everything underneath and not get beat over the top because that's what these you know these guys with the two maybe you know two strongest arms again two out of the three strongest arms in the league with Aaron Rodgers on the other side um, you know, they can throw it farther than anybody um, and that's just what they want to do and they want to score quick. Um, I just, for me, I just think it's going to be if the Bills just need to be able to play very good situational football um, and just get off the field in third down, which they've, you know, they've been very good at towards the end of the season. They've started coming on. They're very, you know, they're weighted DVOA as far as the last few games. They have their their top five in the league. So if they can try and get off the field um, in those late situations, and I do think maybe they blitz Mahomes a little bit more because of the toe. I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to at least maybe come out early and try and do it and test them early. If he did have a concussion, maybe he's not seeing everything as well. Maybe he's not diagnosing those blitzes as well. So I think blitzing Mahomes um, normally is something you don't want to do. I think that they, you know, they might flirt with a little danger this time and, and bring bring some heat on them. Interesting, Chris. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to to pick any defense against when it comes to going against the Chiefs' offense. Um, I think with the Bills, they just have to keep everything in front of them and not let guys like Miko Hardman and, and Tyreek Hill just get you know get ahead of their corners, uh, because if they let that happen, they're just going to get shredded to pieces. And then you have to worry about Travis Kelsey in the middle that always, who always seems to be wide open right in front of the first down marker every single time. Uh, and Mahomes is one of the best that we've ever seen at extending these plays. Matt, like he alluded to, it does have that turf toe issue, so that might not be able to come into play as much, but I just don't see any way that the Bills are really able to going to fully stop this offense. I know, as I said that, the, the Browns were able to kind of do it last week, uh, more or less, but I just don't see what the Bills can really do to fully put a stop to this offense with the way Andy Reid can scheme things and with the speed that they have and then Travis Kelsey right in the middle there. I just don't see where the Bills are going to really fully stop this offense. Hmm. Uh, when we talk about offense in this game, I think the weather might have a lot to do with this and, and, and how they want to approach this because um, we're looking. I'm, I'm looking at the weather here. I, I'm seeing some possible rain in the forecast here in Kansas City on Sunday night. Um, winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. There's a good chance that it's going to be raining. Uh, showers at times, but the rain right now is saying 70% chance. So uh, if there's going to be a spot where it's going to slow these offenses down, both of these teams played in the rain last time up in Buffalo. And the score is 26-16, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't that high scoring of a game. And again, the Chiefs showed that they were capable of running the football. The Bills did not. The Bills were not great running the football in that game uh, against Kansas City. And this is going to lead into our talk about the Bills offense versus the Chiefs defense. Because Spagnola to me, is like one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the league. He is a fantastic defensive coordinator for what he's done. The Bills are the happy, most pass-happy team in football, number one, especially on first and second down. 
Now, running the football, I think Steve Spagnuolo, Matt, I think you're right in the head. I think he's going to not care about giving up the run game. I, I don't think he thinks that the Bills are really going to be able to do it. Bills during the regular season, 22nd in rushing DVOA. Not a great running team. Uh, not having Zach Moss there as a third running back. They're going to rely on Singletary and, and TJ Yeldon. Um, the Chiefs were 31st against the run DVOA, but I, I don't think they care. <laughs> I really I really don't think they care. They're going to be worried about giving up the pass game um, to, to, uh, to Josh Allen. Um, Chiefs, not as great this year as they were last year. Seventh DVOA in the league against the pass last year. This year, they're 16th. Um, Allen did a, a decent job here, 14 of 27 for 122 yards, though. Uh, the, the Chiefs did a decent job against Allen. Uh, he didn't have a great game again. Rain might have been a factor, but I think this might be a different Bills team that's going around. I think Allen has, has just developed in his skills and his decision-making since that game. Um, the Blitz really hurt Josh Allen. He had a minus .1 EPA in that game against the Blitz. Uh, they blitzed him 14 times in that game. It was the second worst mark of the season for Josh Allen. And and I was reading the the Athletic, and, and th- this is where a lot of the stats were coming from off the Athletic page. And there's a great article on this. Steve Spagnola has this really cool really wrinkle of his zone defense called the Cover Seven defense. And I'm like, what the heck is Cover Seven defense? Well, Cover Seven defense is something that he calls a lot on third down, and it basically is this: if you have five receivers out on the uh, 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 on the offense. There's going to be three on one side and two on the other. Spagnola will take four defenders and cover the and cover the three on one side and three defenders and cover the two on the other. And what he'll do is, depending on what the routes are, and this is what's so crazy about football, is that these guys are this skilled to be able pre-snap decide, we're going to bracket this guy and bracket meaning double. Um, we're going to double this guy pre-snap. And depending on how the route comes out, they switch the double. And, and it is a very, very successful strategy by Steve Spagnuolo that he kind of came up with. That wrinkle has killed teams on third down. And I think that might be something that they throw in um, against the Bills on, on Sunday. Another thing, Chris Jones killed uh, the Bills in week six. They did not have John Feliciano in that game. They have him in this game this time. Again, the offensive line is more stout. Again, Josh Allen is a better decision maker. If the Bills are going to run the football, I think Josh Allen is the way they're going to do it. I think you'll see a lot of sprint pass options, a lot of stuff like how Mahomes scored on that first touchdown in, in, in uh, against Cleveland. I think the Bills will try to do a lot of that, get an extra blocker with the running running back. But it's all about defending the pass and defending Diggs, and and and, he, and he's the number one target. If they do that, they will be successful. Matty Ice, this key, uh, the keys in the Bills' offense versus the Chiefs' D. Um, yeah, it, it, you you keyed in on, as far as at the last game, some of the injuries. I think you know just in general talking about this game um, again, there was like COVID situations going on early season um, for the Bills. I, it, I think that they can't be healthier right now outside of again outside of an ailing uh, a knee on, on on Cole Beasley. They couldn't be healthier, and I think the Chiefs have again some 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 injuries that are catching up with them a little bit, and they aren't you know one hundred percent going into this game. Obviously, they had to buy a couple weeks ago, but um, I think I think. You know, Josh Allen, it, they're not going to worry about running the ball just exactly like they did last game. What, 19, was it 15 or 19 straight passing plays to start the game? I think that Dable's just going to throw it out the window and just say, we're going to do what we do best. And I think, um, again, much like Duffel's not going to slow down Kansas City, I don't know. You know, Spagnola probably has more, has much more of a track record as far as a defensive coordinator. But um, you said, I think this Bills team right now is, is on a different level than when they were earlier in the season. Um, they All last week, Dable, uh, especially in the second half, they came out in that second half drive and Diggs hadn't done much in the early half. And then they started getting Diggs because the Ravens have phenomenal corners. They started getting Diggs matched up on the fourth corner on the roster, um, getting that four wide situation. Guess, you know, I think that's how the Bills are able to attack the Chiefs team, just like the Raiders did when they're running four wide receivers, because that's when they can, you know, attack those third and fourth options as far as defensive, you know, court as, as uh, defensive backs for the Chiefs. Um, they're going to be able to get Diggs inside or Brown inside or Beasley. They've got enough weapons. Um, I think Dawson Knox is going to have a big game um, against them because I the tight end did well against the Chiefs last week. Uh, David Njoku hadn't played all year. Also, comes out with like four or five or five or six um, last last week and huge on third down. So I think Dawson Knox, who they love to mix in a little bit here and there, um, his, his over two and a half receptions. I like that one a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just think that the um, 
the Bills are going to be able to move the ball. They're not going to be too concerned with running the ball. Um, I think that they were trying to force it a little bit last time with the Chiefs and, you know, kind of fed into what they wanted to happen. I think that they're going to put the, the – Faith in Josh Allen's arm is what got him here. And they said, I think him running the ball too will be, will be another uh, big weapon like we saw in the playoffs last year. Chris. Yeah, uh, I, I like Dan. I think if there is a running game, the running game will be Josh Allen. And uh, I, I, to draw comparisons, I think this game is very similar to the NFC game where I think it's just these defenses are solid defenses, well-coached defenses, but I just don't think they're going to be enough to stop these powerhouse offenses that we've seen. You know, again, when you look at with the Bills, with Dawson Knox, with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, even even an ailing Cole Beasley has been one of the best slot receivers we've seen this year, and Josh Allen. Dan, I love how you brought up how much he's improved, not only from last year to this year, but just over the course of this year. You can see almost every single game, his decision-making and his, and his play just getting better and better every single week. And this is obviously going to be probably the best test he's had uh, going into uh, a hostile territory. There are going to be fans uh, at at Arrowhead this this week, so that is going to be play role, and there's going to be a bit of a weather. It's going to be cold out in Kansas City as well. Um, but again, I just don't see the ability of the Chiefs to really fully stop this offense because I like you guys have said I, the Bills don't care about the running game. They don't they, as much of a weakness is they know it's a weakness. They don't care because their whole passing game and running game when it comes to Josh Allen can just make up for it in a, in, a, in its hole. So. Again, I just don't see the Chiefs outside of really Steve Spagnuolo's coaching ability and scheming ability to be able to stop uh, what the Bills have going on right now. It's a fascinating cat and mouse game in this game. I'm telling you, I mean, we're looking so much at the passing game, and I, I and I got a feeling that that this game really is going to come. I think defenses just get really, really tight in these big time games especially when they're close. And if we think this game is close, and I think it will be close, uh, I, I think the defenses are going to play a major role, in, especially late in the game, what these two guys decide to do. Remember, 10 years ago, Andy Reid fired Sean McDermott off of his staff in 2010 when he was with the Eagles. And two years later, Andy Reid was gone. They did not improve on defense after that. 10 years later, they meet again, this time for a shot at the Super Bowl. Fellas, the line is three. The over-under, according to the Action Network right now, is a walloping 54. So, without further ado, Chris Raza, who are you picking or how many points? This time I'm going with the I'm going with the Bills. And part of it is this is, you know, what we've talked about. We think it's gonna be a close game. So obviously, you know, typically in close games, you want to get the points. Um but also, I'm going to keep fading the Chiefs, as weird as it sounds. I mean, this is still a team that is one and eight against the spread in their last nine games, and the Bills have been one of the best teams against the spread this year, covering nine of their last ten. Uh, they're also uh, the Chiefs are also zero and five at home against the spread, and also fun little tidbit: last three seasons, team uh, teams that are three point favorites or fewer are zero and three against the spread in conference championship games. Small number, just a fun little tidbit. Um, all that per ESPN. This is the best team that the Chiefs are having have it played really in the last you know for the last ten weeks or so. So I think the Bills are going to keep this close. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game again, kind of leaning towards the over, obviously. But I'm going to stick with the Bills uh, getting the points on this side of things, and I hope it stays close. And God, the Inner Raiders fan inside of me is really hoping they pull off this win. <laughs> See, I'm not. I'm not like I wouldn't be upset if Buffalo won. Like I, I'm satisfied with where my team has been. So like it's it's like Buffalo would be a nice story. I hope Kansas City just goes and gets buried in a hole six feet under the six feet under the the, the Arkansas River or wherever the heck that place is next to. I mean that's just you know, horrible. Uh, for me, because we always save Matty Ice for last. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. I think this is an under the weather game. I really do. I don't think they'll be as high scoring as we think. Uh, I haven't had an under-the-weather game in a long time, and I think this is a perfect spot for one. You're, it's right around 32 degrees, mid-30s, rain, could be maybe some snow, depending on what the humidity is, but 10 to 15-mile-an-hour winds with that wet weather, with those two offenses wanting to throw the football, I do think that there's going to be running in this game. I really do. I, I just see it a very similar game to the Buffalo game from, from – uh, 
from week six. I, I think it's going to be a very similar game to that. I will, I will, uh, I will lean the under fifty-four, but I think Buffalo has improved. I think Buffalo is a different team, and I think the Chiefs aren't. And I think Buffalo, I think they win this game. I think they win it outright. I'll take Buffalo plus three. I'll take Buffalo on the money line, and I think we'll see Bills and Packers in the Super Bowl. And I think I, I just think that this is the time in which it's hard to get back. It's really hard for teams to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, it takes so much luck and so much skill. And I think the Bills just have this thing going for them where they're almost like a team of destiny. Like they, they are, they're the story of the year. If Buffalo gets back to the Super Bowl to finally capture a title, um, it will be one of the great stories in sports for the entire year. Josh Allen will be catapulted everywhere. And I think Josh Allen is more mature now than he was 12, 13 weeks ago, however long ago that was. I will fade the Chiefs like Chris says. I will probably play the under more so. But for the show purposes, let's lay it on the line. Bills plus three. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm also, again, so I have a, a Packers future. I'm also sitting here with the Bills uh, AFC championship future um, for plus 375. So I also will not be uh, hedging out of this one. I'm letting my two futures ride because I, I, I'm really, I think I think it is going to be a Packers and Bills Super Bowl. Um, so hoping to, to just not have to hedge anything out and get the, the Bills in the AFC and then, you know, maybe the Packers best of them later. And, um, but again, I just this when I just look at these two teams, it just offense is what's gotten them here. And I know that this 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 one's gotten this line has gotten super super up there. Obviously, it opened at fifty and a half and was just steamed directly up to fifty four. Um, you know, by about Tuesday. Um, and, and as far as bet percentages, sixty percent of the bets are on the under, fifty three percent of the money on the over. Again, I think that money is still catching up basically from when it was heavily bet from the 50 to the 54. Um, but I will take the over 54. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get in on this game live. Honestly, uh, I already actually, I did. I teased the over uh, in both games together, just you know, get them down a little bit. And I think that that might be the play because these lines get so sharp in the, in the conference championship games. But um, uh, an interesting stat that I, again, I heard from, from the guys in the action network that um, in these conference championship games and super bowls, um, the first quarter scoring is, um, Traditionally, I believe over the last 15 or 20 years, they took the sample size. Um, the first quarter uh, scoring is uh, like 2.2 2 points lower um, than the, the regular season average. In every other quarter, the second, third, and fourth quarter, it is higher than the regular season average as far as across the league um, for an average score. So I'm, you know, show picks 54, but for me personally, I'll be watching this game um, hopefully with, you know, with nothing in ahead of time hope for a slow first quarter or maybe uh, just you know after the first drive and you see one of those live lines, hopefully get something maybe closer around the 50 key number of uh, 52. So if we get something below that, you know, get an over 51 or an over 50, obviously anything. And if you get, if you can get over 48, I think that would be a lock, but um, I, I, the weather is picking up in this game. I'm hoping, you know, I, I, I'm seeing more of eight to 10 mile an hour wins. That makes me feel comfortable. If it is with dancing and it ends up being 10 to 15, uh, I probably will not bet this at game time and just ride with my my Bills future. But hey, we'll, we'll say for the show, we'll take the, the over fifty four. Just gonna ride big points weekend. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're not all consensus for every single pick, but it's good. By the way, live right now, Tampa Bay Green Bay line has now just moved to uh, the over under has moved to fifty two. So now it's it's, it's starting to get some up. getting up there. People are taking the over uh, on that just for. For bet percentages, if you're if you're wondering here, um, everybody coming in on Green Bay, 57% of the bets, 66% of the money is on the Green Bay Packers, and then for Buffalo, uh, Buffalo is the is the favorite here. 54 is the underdog, but the favorite in the betting markets. 54% of the bets uh, are on Buffalo. 60% of the money is on Buffalo. I think people are buying in. I'm not sure that Green Bay is a quote unquote public play. I do think that that could be some sharp money. Um, just because the line has just moved in their favor so much and we're not seeing a huge discrepancy between the money and the bets that it's not like an overwhelming thing. I think Green Bay, a lot of Sharps may like them at home and under a touchdown. Buffalo, I think, could be a public play. I think that you're getting the Chiefs at home, three points. Um, Buffalo might – feels a little bit more public to me. If, if you like Buffalo, I, I think you have – like don't bet – this is one you don't bet early. I think that – Game day, as soon as, again, Mahomes is announced that he is in, this line is going to go towards, you might be able to, it might get to four. So I think that if you like Buffalo, sit around, sit on it, wait on it. 
Um, and again, you know, maybe it, it might not even be taking the points of this game. Like you said, well, even though I could see, I could see Butker winning this one late with a field goal. So if you can get a three and a half or a four uh, with the Bills, I think that you know that's the kind of value you're looking for. You know what? I changed my pick. I want the under because I like that that point. <laughs> to that point, because Mahomes, Mahomes, that is going to drive the number up at least a, at least a half a point, maybe even a full point. Like that's definitely going to. I'll give you the three and a half. I'll give you the three and a half if you want to take that. Take for the the shot. I'll, I'll give you guys both three and a half. We'll give we'll both take three. And and half. I'll I'll stay with the I'll stay with the over because I get like I I can almost guarantee it's going to close at least three and a half. Like so, it, I think both these games are going to be right around the same number. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful, gentlemen. Before we go, really quickly. Uh, the lines, just quickly, what do we think if it is these specific lines? So let's just, there's four matchups, so let's go through them. Uh, if it's Bills and Packers, what is the line for that game? Real quick. I, I put five and a half, uh, just because I mm-hmm. think when you look at it, when you look at just the sheer advantage you have of having Aaron Rodgers, who's played in two Super Bowls and will be then going into his third, and he just knows what he's doing. Um, especially with, you know, the Bills kind of the hot young team right now. Uh, I think the Packers are really the, the way the books are going to go. Uh, maybe more four and a half, three and a half, but I could see it getting up to five and a half uh, when it comes to the Packers. Yeah, as far as an opening line, I, I had four and a half, I think, for in favor. Uh, the Packers would be the favorite in that one. Um, anticipating probably probably take some Bills money on that on that number. And then, you know, I think the public would come in uh, towards Green Bay as far as in that matchup. Even though, I don't know, again, the Bills are, are quite the darling team this year for, for the public. Yeah, I had Packers minus four um, right around there. Uh, how about Packers-Chiefs opening line real quick? Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs one and a half. Chiefs yes, minus one and a half. half, okay. Yeah, Chiefs minus one. I, I, it's like, I, yeah, it, it's going to be close. I think no matter what side you're going with, I don't think that's going to get much over two, if anything. Um, but I just have a hard time seeing any game that the Chiefs ever played not being a favorite for the Chiefs if Mahomes is playing. I think that's a pick em. I think that's right on the number. I, I I think that opens his pick, and then they see what the number moves toward. And I, I think, but people would come in on Green Bay. I really do. I think the, the people are really high on Green Bay, and that's so all. Kansas City's not covering games. I, I think that's going to make a factor into what the betting public will do. Uh, Bills and Bucks. This is the weirdest one for me. Yeah, yeah. This is strange. I think if I'm going to pick this, I, I think it's close. I think I'd probably go Bucks minus two or minus one and a half, somewhere around there. You've got a two seed versus a five seed, though. That's what kills me because I think the same thing. But like, but it's Brady. I mean, the Bills yeah. not the figure. I know but Brady I would get the, the edge. So I, I did Bills minus one and a half just based on with them being the two seed and kind of being that darling team. But I feel like that could range anywhere between the Bucks and the Bills within two, uh, you know two points either way. What has a bigger impact, the Bills beating the Chiefs or the Bucks beating the Packers? I mean, it depends on, like, if you see the Bucks beat the Packers and the Bucks have all this firepower, like, I, I just feel like Bucks minus one and a half, minus two, like, I feel like that's right in that area. But I don't know. That's another one that could be a pick, honestly. Yeah. I think the one. Bills I think the Bills just going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs with the Chiefs kind of having been the team all year long. Uh, would would do a little bit more for me than you know a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady beating the Packers uh, in Lambeau. Bucks and Chiefs. I think that's Chiefs minus two and a half. Yeah, I, I did four and a half, uh, which is oh. probably a little high. But again, I just think that the the Chiefs I think could could possibly run circles around around the Bucks if it came down to it. Yeah, I want Chiefs minus three. Chiefs minus three, just an opening line there, because I, I don't I think that they would be favored over the Bucks. I don't think the Bills. I think the Bills. I still think they're viewed as the Cinderella team, and that's where I'm coming from with them. I will be taking the over, no matter what matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Almost guaranteed, because they all again just all four teams left are just potent offense. It's all offense. that's got to be like. I don't think I think the lowest number you might get is like 52, 53. I'm, Honestly, I think again. I, I if it's if it's Bills Packers, I it's fifty seven. I no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Neutral site in in sunny Tampa Bay. Exactly. That that has another thing to do with it as well. I think there are great stories for all those games, and I, I can't wait to see what it is next week. What we're gonna do? We're gonna do a ten or eleven question. I haven't decided yet. It seems like ten questions with all of us about the off season. Everything goes on it. We will also touch on a little bit on the Super Bowl and what we think about it originally. But next week will be about 10 questions, and then we'll head right into Super Bowl week, and we'll have all the props, 
all the good stuff that we always do. Uh, uh, it's the most fun time. We'll see who wins the Gatorade. See if there's any, uh, you know, somebody flashes a uh, unmentionable on TV somewhere on the halftime show. We don't know. The weekend could do anything. We have no idea. But I'm excited. By the way, Lou Paracone, who's going to the Super Bowl? Daniel, you were uh, you were home some weeks back, and I remember looking you in the face and telling you two teams that were going to make it. Who who did I tell you? I know Packers were one of them. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> was it the Packers or was it Chiefs and the Bucks? Oh, that's right. That's right. He did say because this is what Lewis does. He bets the narrative. Yes, he bets the narrative. That's what we do, baby. That's what he does. Tom Brady. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> that man, Tom Brady. Goodness gracious, that would be cool. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching, listening, wherever you're doing <laughs> on this podcast. You could listen to us every Saturday and Sunday on the Sunday on the on the Sunday card on Sports Country Radio at SportsCountry.net. Saturdays at 11 a.m., 5 p.m., and 3 p.m. I don't know why I did that out of order, but it doesn't matter. That's when you can listen to us. And then you can also listen to us on Sunday at 11 a.m. on Sports Country. And guess what? We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're all over the country, all over the planet. You know, you were on Mars, the ISS space station. You can listen to us if you have fiction. Uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, Packers. What can be better than this? For Chris Raza, for Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silberth, and for our producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, I'm Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.